This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Walton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. All right, all right, all right. There we go. There he is, ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing well. Just uh, struck with a lot of FOMO this week, fear of missing out, because uh, I was really hoping the Dolphins would get me to Vegas for a free uh, trip over there. Uh, this weekend, but uh, but th- that became more and more clear the later we got into the season that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it was going to be free for you. I was going to pay for mine and Sean's, but uh, I was hoping to pay for a Vegas trip myself too. Uh, yeah, it, it hurt when I had to ask for my refund for my Airbnb two years in a row, by the way, because I did ask for my refund in Arizona last year, and now this year here uh, in Vegas, I had to get my refund too, man, which uh, absolutely sucks. Uh, that I had to get refunded there. But, uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. Now they got to build it back up again, and and that'll be the challenge. And we'll find out, you know, who's available in free agency and uh, and who is not. And uh, I think one guy I, I'm convinced, and I've been saying it for a couple months, they'll be replacing is Christian Wilkins. And that will be a nice challenge for them to either replace him in the first or second round or replace him somewhere in free agency because they will have to get somebody to put next to uh, Mr. Sealer. Yeah, yeah, and if it's, I, I would lean more toward the draft. I would think um, the, the the Dolphins with assistant D line coach Kenny Baker. He was coaching D lineman at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Austin Clark was around there to get a good look at them. Anthony Weaver has that track record. He's a D-line coach uh, coming over from just holding that position with the Ravens and other positions he's held before. He's, he's coached D-line and was a D-lineman himself right. in the NFL. Um, and player development, so important to him, as Mike McDaniel noted in that statement he released. So I could see a, a draft pick going that way if indeed, as as we've mentioned, as uh, you are very much – uh, of the belief that Christian Wilkins will be oh, gone. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. I've been saying it for months, yeah, man. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And then it, it, free agency, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see a big-time free agent coming because the whole reason you're letting Christian Wilkins go in that scenario is that you're, you're not spending the, the big money to bring him back. So um, it, then especially if you're not bringing back Raekwon Davis, then uh, you're also going to need a nose tackle to play those rundowns, about 50% of snaps, let's say. Um, and then maybe they go for a veteran there. I haven't looked at the nose tackles that are free agents, but uh, maybe you go for a, a cheaper free agent uh, uh, to, to fill in that role as well. But, um, yeah, I could see them uh, getting a – uh, a young D lineman in uh, one of the first couple of rounds, developing him and having him be that guy where uh, you, you pay him a little bit less on a rookie contract and have him be that guy next to Zach Sealer. Yeah, uh, I, that's why I think Wilkins is gone. And uh, and I'll tell you, because some fans will tell you about Chris Jones because he'll be a free agent. Uh, I would be terrified to sign Chris Jones because there's a good chance on Sunday he wins his third Super Bowl. Uh, there's also a... Uh, very good chance this is his final big contract. I kind of feel that if the Chiefs don't sign him, which I don't think they will re-sign him uh, because they've got other things to do, but something tells me that whoever gets him is going to get like the guy that is kind of uh, finishing off his career and he's not going to be really as hungry as as he's been in the past. He's got his money. He's got his championships. I would be terrified of signing Chris Jones if I'm the next team in line. I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, and Chris Jones, uh, he would be going into his age 30 season, so uh, he would turn 30 before next season. So uh, you take that into consideration as well, all the factors you mentioned. uh, uh, Would the hunger factor still be there if he gets paid? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, uh, I mean, now they've made two Super Bowls since letting Tyreek Hill go. So, um, I mean, credit to them that even with all the their wide receiver issues, all the drops, all the miscommunications on that front, that, hey, when you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Andy Reid, you got Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones has been, still been there, um, and, and that defense has taken another step under Steve Spagnuolo, then, uh, yeah, they can still play at that level even as they have to replace uh, former players. I remember the Patriots doing that a lot uh, going back to – uh, when 
really the start of that dynasty. Uh, thinking of like early 2000s when uh, every year it seemed like they would lose a key player off the defense from the previous year. And then even uh, through that later run with uh, Brady and Gronk and Edelman and all those guys, it seemed like they always just had another guy uh, that they would just bring up, whether it's through the draft, whether it's a cheaper free agent, and then just fitting that system. Uh, he would work well for them. So then Chris Jones, if he moves, is in, in another system. He's, he's getting paid big money. Would the motivation still be there? Hunter uh, to win, all those factors. Uh, yeah, would would worry whoever's going to pay huge dollars to to bring him in, which is what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. That's why, to me, that's not the move that they're going to end up making. I think it'll be, you know, in the draft when it's all said and done. Uh, and then maybe in free agency you can get like a veteran that can kind of – fill in, teach the kid, guide the kid, somebody that might maybe Weaver already knows or something like that. I could see something like that, but uh, I'm with you. I think it could be in that first or second round where you're trying to uh, fill that defensive tackle need. Uh, you look at some of the other stuff going on. What, what are you hearing about Teron Armstead? I know I'm kind of putting you in an impossible position. I don't think there's any retirement when it's all said and done. There's too much money on the table. Plus, I think the Dolphins – really don't want him to retire because that would really create a salary issue. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from Toronto Armstead's front, he still hasn't made a decision. He's still mulling things over. Last we heard from him at the Pro Bowl, but um, and, and not based on any insider information, but I would just lean toward uh, assuming that he would want to come back and play uh, once uh, – once some some more weeks and months go by in the off season, and uh, you start getting that itch again, you start missing what you were just doing, competing, um, and uh, and I think from the Dolphins' front, of course, you don't want him to retire because of the uh, salary cap implications. It, it would be a, a negative for them, and then uh, you take whatever you can get out of him. If it's ten games that he plays, right. and he's on the injury report every week, you take that. And then maybe he's still a pro bowler like he was from off of those 10-11 games like he was this season. So uh, you take it. And then if it's Kendall Lamb coming back and then he fills in those other six, seven games, then, um, you know, that's something you can work with at least. So, um, I, yeah, I think the Dolphins definitely hope that he's back. And you don't want so much turnover on the offensive line because – you're also looking at the interior of the line where Connor Williams is a free agent and coming off the knee injury. Robert Hunt is a free agent, and uh, that'll be a priority, especially if you're not bringing back Christian Wilkins. Then, uh, you know, could you go ahead and send some of that money back. to Robert Hunt? He's coming back, yeah. bro. Rob uh, Hunt, yeah, Rob Hunt is not going anywhere, bro. He'll be fine. Right. He'll be here. So the left turnover after you just had a good year as far as developing the O-line together, Butch Berry uh, coming back for a second season, first time in a long time that the Dolphins have an O-line coach uh, coming back for a second consecutive year, then those will all be positives that I think the Dolphins would want to take. And then part of that would be uh, having Teron Armstead in the fold as well at left tackle. Yeah, and, and you know, it's amazing, David, when you think about it, how important Liam Eikenberg, Kendall Lamb, and Andrew Van Ginkle are to this team. Because of the Connor injury and the insurance policy that Liam Eikenberg has become for him, Kendall Lamb, the insurance policy he's become to Teron Armstead, a guy that can legitimately even start at that position for you and certainly fill in. And then you talk about Andrew Van Ginkle with your two injuries to Chubb and Phillips, my Lord, you got to bring him back in a big-time way because you've got to find another pass rusher opposite of him to kind of at least fill in until you start getting those guys back and get them into a groove. But you think about those three guys, the, 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 the importance that they bring to the table because of the issues you have with other players at the same position. It's crazy how if you're a Dolphins – if you're in the Dolphins' front office – those three guys have to be like a priority for you. Oh, yeah. Top of the list, Andrew Van Ginkle, because oh, sure. you don't know how Jim Phillips, Bradley Chubb are going to come back. So then suddenly if, if those two guys start on PUP next year, and this is that's a lot of months in advance. We don't know how far they'll right. progress. Uh, but, I mean, those are serious injuries that they're coming back from, an ACL for Chubb, the Achilles for Phillips, who, by the way, he posted his first steps uh, a, little, a little bit on the crutches on his Instagram story and then on the, some machine there. So, uh, you know, good to see that from him now, what, two and a half months uh, since the injury and the surgery. It was late November, so 
Uh, I think that, yeah, that's the timeline on that. Um, so good to see that. But Andrew Van Ginkle, yeah, he's at the forefront now uh, just because you don't know if if you're going to have those two guys to start next season. So then he immediately becomes a starter in that case. And then even if you do have them, it's just the rotational guy aspect of it where uh, maybe starting off, you don't want to give uh, Chubb and Phillips so many snaps like they were seeing before. So you don't want them playing the 90-plus percent of defensive snaps. So Andrew Van Ginkle, huge on, on that front. And I think he would like to to stay in Miami just based on, I mean, you, you get glimpses of him with his wife, his family. They're, they're down here and, um, you know, on hard knocks and all that. So I think that would be uh, great for, for both sides if uh, they're able to reach that conclusion then. Uh, you mentioned Kendall Lamb. You're speaking on uh, my colleague Perk's language there because I remember last season on, on our program with the Sun Sentinel, he was talking all this. He was always uh, speaking of Kendall Lamb or just the backup left tackle as such a priority in free agency last year. And I'm they're kind of brushing it off like, all right, yeah, I get it. Teron Armstead's always hurt, but – uh, you know, there's starters that you need to get to, but then it, it's true. You really do have to look at that position because you know, you, you just, you bank on that Armstead is not going to have a full season and he's going to be on the injury report throughout the year, whether, whether he is playing or not. Uh, so you always need that guy to, uh, to have as backup and Liam Eikenberg as well. Uh, just whether you need him at center uh, to start because Connor Williams it won't be available, or if he's going to be in that left guard competition next year, then that would be uh, uh, something for him as as you've seen him develop now. Or if he's just the backup center again with Williams now having uh, a, an injury that he's coming back from, uh, those would all be key players next year for sure. I agree. I agree. I agree, my brother. And that's that's why it's going to be kind of interesting to see the developments in the offseason because – some of the players that are signed first may not be the biggest names. It might be some of these key guys that are part of, you know, making sure that bridge to Phillips and Chubb is there with Andrew Van Ginkle. You know, all those kind of things, obviously. I'm sure I'm sure Weaver's already going through the tape and trying to figure out how, you know, because he's probably going to play. His system's going to be probably a little different, too. You know, he's probably going to tweak and do things his way. So different players, he may require a couple different players in that system that he may not have at, at this point in time. Or there might be some players like, let's say, a Cam Smith might be able to excel more with him than with Vic. I don't know. The, the, the interesting part that we don't know about Weaver is, like, we just went through a guy that plays a ton of, of zone all the time, very little man-to-man. -man. That's the part I'm not going to know about Weaver. How much man is he going to play? How much zone is he going to play? Now that it's his show, you know? Yeah, that's one thing I definitely want to hear from him whenever we do uh, hear from him first in his introductory press conference, which I believe will be next week at some point uh, after the Super Bowl, things sort of settling down. So uh, his one stint as defensive coordinator, he was a, a little bit more of the aggressive type. But in 2020 with the Texans, a lot of single high safety looks, maybe some cover zero, and um, and it almost looked closer to the, the Flores-Boyer type of thing. But then now he's been under – a Baltimore system of Mike McDonald there where uh, there was uh, less of the blitzing and more of the, the zone coverages, too high looks, uh, safeties. Uh, that was a, a predominant coverage there. So then uh, sort of where will he fall now as far as what his previous ideas were and then uh, has has he uh, sort of evolved it into more of what he learned under McDonald? How close on that spectrum would he be? Would he be sort of somewhere in between? So I really want to get that answer out of him and then – we'll really know sort of how the personnel will fit and mix and match once we get an idea of what his defense will look like now, uh, four years after his last stint running uh, a defense. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. And, and, and in, in the end, even in the press conference, he can't answer that question. He won't know because he won't know until he's put in those situations, until he sees what players he has to be able to play certain skill sets and certain things. Uh, so it really, we won't find out what he is for a couple of years, actually, you know, uh, because he really has to develop into his own person. And then he's in a, in a different division now too. And so all these kind of things kind of determine where, what direction you're kind of going, in, going into. So he might go back to being more of a blitz guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it all depends. I know this, if he's playing his former team, 
he better do that. He better not do what, what Fangio was doing. You know what I'm Just saying? Lamar, yeah. Yeah, with Lamar. You got to attack his ass because I was going crazy when they weren't attacking him. And, you know, and uh, and I knew the Chiefs would attack him because that's what Boyer and Flo did. To their credit, that's why they won those games because they attacked Lamar and did not allow him to get comfortable. So I think, it'll, it, you know, the situation a lot of times, David, is going to determine what you're really going to play at that moment. You know what I mean? And by the way, he yeah. does he does have a safety that can play single high safety and can excel at that. Okay? Holland yeah. is yeah. perfect for that. He is built for that kind of play. I'm just he is he is elite. If you play him as a center fielder like that, oh dude, he's going to have 7 8 interceptions. I'm telling you. Yeah. He's okay. capable of that. I mean, that's uh, sort of why the uh, Flores-Boyer uh, combination uh, drafted him. Uh, and, you know, Greer uh, chose him, and uh, he fit into that Flores-Boyer uh, scheme starting off uh, when he was uh, taken early in that in that second round in 2021 uh, because he could do those things, and he had right. that range. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, that's one thing that was interesting with, uh, with Fangio just giving him one year here is that uh, it was a lot of personnel that still fit the previous scheme, and then you're trying to make it work with a complete 180-degree difference. You have Brandon Jones, who was blitzing all the time in the previous defense. Now you want him to play coverage. Javon Holland, is uh, his uh, zone is shrinking as far as uh, allowing his range to flourish. And uh, and to your point about uh, the way he attacks his former team, the Ravens, yeah, that was the difference of what the Chiefs did, what the Dolphins did between 56 points, right? That's what the Dolphins gave up, and 10 points that uh, the Ravens scored in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. So uh, the, the proof is kind of uh, right there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's just one of those things that we've got to – it's kind of a wait and see because he may not even be able to evolve to what he has, what he wants to be because he may not have all the pieces he needs the first year. It might take him a couple of years, just like Fangio. What I didn't like about Fangio is, you know you inherited uh, talent from another defense. You weren't flexible enough to use them to play in their strengths also. And then that also shows me as, as, a, as a coach, I know you're a great coach, but you're a great coach with your system. Well, I, I kind of like the coach also that can play multiple systems and can adjust to his talent. And that's one of the things I used to love, and I, I hate to do this old man shit. God damn it, I hate it. Uh, but Shula, this is what I loved about Shula, dude. You know, when he had Greasy and Zonka and those guys, well, he ran the crap out of the ball. And then when he had Woodstock, well, then he knew he could only run with one guy and pass with another. And then when he had Marino, he knew he had the most gifted passer out there, so let me ride that arm. And he adjusted to what he had on his team. You know what I mean? And to me, that's what I like about – I like defensive coordinators that can play zone on one series and then play man on another. You know what I mean? I, I, I like being multiple because that keeps people off balance too. And that's one thing that I thought, you know, Fangio could have taken advantage of last year because he had some guys that had – those skill sets, like you just mentioned, Brandon Jones is a dynamo when it comes to playing him as a blitzer, as a run supporter. And he got better in pass coverage and everything, but but he excels in those other areas. Dude, what are you doing? Let's go. Get after Josh Allen. Get after Lamar Jackson. Let's go attack a little bit more. And he didn't do what his defense was actually built for before he got here. Yeah, well, you're mentioning there going man one series uh, zone the other. Now it's almost like uh, like Miami Heat Eric Spolstra system uh, on, on the football field where uh, you see him throw in that zone defense um, uh, on the hardwood uh, about as much as uh, as any uh, NBA team and and mixing that in and how it uh, affects uh, other opposing offenses. So so yeah, that'd but, be but, interesting. But, but then again, Spo is the best coach in town. <laughs> he's the best coach in the NBA. He, you know, he's, he's at another level right now, you know, uh, right now in this town, nobody's proven like he's what he's proven, you know, but it, it's a great example on your part that he's a very multiple coach. And to me, yeah. I think that's incredibly important. And I thought Fangio lost out on an opportunity last year to show some flexibility because he had the players actually that could help him out on that end 
more than his end. You know? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, Fangio kind of struck me always as a, sort of like a my way or the highway type of coach, you know. And and when you've done it so many years, and uh, you know you some you'll fall into that mentality. But um, it you know you have to be able to be flexible with what you have. And there was just so much personnel that was there uh, for the structure of the previous defense. So not as much adjustment on his part. Uh, yeah, he could have uh, figured to uh, improve. Uh, increase the blitz rate a little bit based on how much it was. So it wouldn't be such a drastic difference, uh, I think, at least in year one. And then if uh, if it would have worked out where they were sticking with that plan for uh, year two, then maybe you get more of the ingredients that you need for his system, and then you just uh, go further and further on that spectrum to shift toward what he wanted to do. But, yeah, I think year one, uh, it would have been ideal if he – was a little bit more flexible toward what the, the the guys on defense were doing, and just make it sort of like a slow roll, slow introduction into his system. All right, what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel, my brother? So folks can check you out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, checking out uh, NFL Honors tonight, which uh, Tyreek Hill is up for Offensive uh, Player of the Year, and two is up for Comeback Player of the Year. Alec Ingold, he's uh, the Dolphins uh, nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. So. Uh, you know, tune in tonight. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to also see if any of those Canes uh, get into the Hall of Fame. That'll be good. I know they've been on on that finalist list since I was covering UM uh, every year, it seems like. So Who's there? Nice Hester, if, uh, Hester and who else? Hester, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, if, uh, if those guys can, can get in. Reggie um, Wayne will so. get in probably even before Andre, only because he was on a better team. Andre Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer, bro. Should be right. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, no. He, should he, be. He there, there's he, no should be. like that, you know. There's no like, should like, be. That's one of the greatest talents I have ever seen in my life at wide receiver is Andre Johnson. He just played on a on a shitty team with no quarterback ever, and that, and, he still that, and he still put up numbers. He did what Irving Fryer did for many years with the with the Patriots. Mark Wilson and a bunch of other bums that threw to him, and he would still, you know, get 900, 1,000, 1,100 yards. And then when he came to Marino and, and for Philadelphia after, he, you know, he played with better quarterbacks and, and he put up better numbers and he put up Pro Bowl type numbers. But Irving Fryer was a stud with crappy quarterbacks. Andre Johnson's even better than Irving Fryer. And, and to me, Andre Johnson is a, is a, a, a superstar talent at wide receiver, bro. Like, if he would have been with Mahomes or Brady or whatever, he he would he would have gone into the Hall of Fame and he would have been recognized like he should, like one of the greatest receivers to ever play in the NFL. Seriously, absolutely, absolutely. God. And aside from that, just uh, keeping my eye on, on any other staff changes. We know the Dolphins. I have uh, Joe Barry as uh, linebackers coach now. Anthony Campanelli's out. And uh, Ryan Crow in as outside linebackers coach was previously under Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. But uh, Ryan Slowick, who was previously in that role for the Dolphins, he's staying on staff in another role that uh, yet to be determined. So uh, just going to be following up on all the uh, the news going on around this, all these defensive coaching staff uh, changes. And if you're going to put a punter in or a kicker into the Hall of Fame, the greatest returner of all is Devin Hester. And so I have exactly. no, I have zero issues with Devin Hester going into the Hall of Fame. I just have an issue that Andre Johnson is not respected like he deserves because people really didn't look at the talent. They're just looking at the situation and his stats, and his stats don't even tell the real story of that guy, dude. What a shame. Yeah. And wide receivers, wide receivers always get this disrespect, too, where they don't get in on the first ballot. I mean, it, it's so yeah. few wide receivers that get first ballot Hall of Fame status yeah. um, just by the way the, the votes go. And you're right, Devin Hester, I mean, I know a lot of people have issues with a specialist, a return specialist getting in, but he was the best at his position and dominant. I mean, those 06 Bears, you couldn't kick or punt to the guy. He changed the whole game where yeah. they, had, they were kicking off out of bounds, taking the penalty because – you didn't want to score and then just have the Bears go and take those points right back with a Devin Hester return touchdown. Um, at Super Bowl, kicking it off like that with, uh, with a touchdown at home at uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, it's electric moments from Devin Hester. So, Well, here, he here you go, my brother. Sean, give him the news. Uh, the Chicago Sun-Times and NBC oh, yeah. uh, Sports Chicago 
our reporting sources, Devin Hester, Steve McMichael, Julius Peppers, make the Hall of Fame. Three guys that yeah. play for the Bears. So they, they have the insight on three Bears that are making it into the Hall of Fame. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. yeah, I, I did come by that, that report. So, uh, yeah, hopefully accurate. And then, uh, yeah, we'll know for sure once the uh, official Oh, there are going to be a shit ton of Bears fans at the at Canton next year. That's for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn, bro. Three, huh? <laughs> at, at least five get inducted. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so three of them are Bears. Wow. That's Im- that's impressive. Yeah. And they have, and they have like some old time, uh, inductees too. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you there. All right. Uh, follow him on Twitter at David Fronis underscore and catch his work there at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. David, as always, thank you, my brother. Have a fantastic day, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Likewise. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you, sir. Welt and rail. Make sure you uh, call our guys. They're in Hollywood and uh, actually they're moving to a new office in Hollywood. Can't say where it's at. But uh, call them, 954-966-4646. The consultation is free. Jeff Welt is an absolute stud. Many of our listeners here over the last couple of years have used Welt and Rayom, and you can too, for bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. It's all there for you. 954-966-4646. Call Jeff Welt. The consultation's free. Even if something happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you're not sure if you have a case, the consultation's free. Asking does not hurt, okay? Call them, and you can do most of it all by phone, 954-966-4646. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. All right, all right, all right. What's that? You'll be happy with it. I'll be happy. Well, not not just Devin, but the Mongo, Steve Mongo McMichael. And I'm just. Yeah, he's a good dude. Good player. He's ultimately going to make it with the condition that he's in. Why? Wait. Yeah, I just. Yeah. You, you talk about all the time with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about how they induct them and they're. You give the roses after they're, they're gone. They're, yeah, and it's like. Or, or they're too. too old or yeah. sick to go on stage. Yeah, I mean, and, and Mongo is way too sick to go on stage, but at least. You know, the family and everything else will, he'll be recognized while he's still here. That that I like. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bears from that. Yeah, as, uh, as long as the sources are correct, by the way, too. That so. 85 bears team. Jesus. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of people that belong in the Hall of Fame from that team. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, okay. Let's get a couple of super chats here. Frankie Fresco, thank you. Uh, Big O, hear me out. The Dolphins might hire you now that you have an injury. Just kidding. Keep up the good work. Sean, TK announcement sucked. Okay. He says yes. Rosendo says, uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Glad to see Big O ushering in a wave of positivity, inspiring gratitude and hopeful vibes for a filling day ahead. Let's hope so. That's only if you don't have an injury. Yeah, that's it. Or if you're uh, SoCal Derek, who continues to come after me with silliness on Twitter because he doesn't know shit about Bitcoin, and he keeps repeating stupid shit that other people say, oh, it's a scam. But I don't know anything about it, but I'm listening to other people. I mean, you know, listen, if you don't do your own homework, why do you listen to other people that don't know anything? Gus Gus1388, thank you for the love on the super chat. Deion Sanders lost toes to turf. It was turf toe? I did not know that. Didn't know that. Had no idea that it was turf toe. I knew he had some something that happened to him, but I didn't know it was that. You go ahead. You can say whatever the hell you want. By, by all means, because I saw somebody say that Josh Allen's not doesn't get injured, but Josh Allen would have never been drafted because in college. He broke his right clavicle, missed 10 games. Oh. Then he injured his right shoulder, missed four games. 
So by all, oh no, you can't. I mean that's that's injury that's a, prone. That's injury prone. That's injury prone. And then plus he had an injury in high school too, which oh. was the same shoulder. Oh, the right shoulder has been an issue for a long time. And by the that, way, that my friend is injury prone. And Josh the, Allen, you're cut. And by the way, that in, that shoulder was injured during the year this year, and he played with it and everything. So you know, but you guys, you know, you don't draft Josh Allen then. It's just. The, the injury stuff just gets to a point where it's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous. You're not going to get 53 people that never get injured. It's just not going to happen. But the problem is the last two years have been brutal for us. That's all. Got to let it go. Uh, Big O, how do, you, uh, how do you feel about Reggie Roby? Is he worth consideration? He was good. Um... I don't know about, you know, punters overall, bro. You know what I mean? That that discussion for me is like, yeah, I just have, you know, whatever. You know, if you want to make that argument, go ahead, knock yourselves out. I don't really give a shit about Ray Guy or, or uh, Reggie Roby or any punter, to be quite honest. I don't even want to have a discussion about punters in the Hall of Fame. Okay. You know what I might do for you? I might have a kicker for you in the Hall of Fame. If you give me a guy that like hit all these clutch kicks and these big games and you know he was the reason why you won a couple of Super Bowls and he was like, oh, you know, maybe I can hear you out and all that, but I don't even want to enter into a discussion for punter and Hall of Fame. That's just stuff that just, no. So. Um, what yes, I think sir. What might, might be interesting is to see in this day and age, like with, with punting, how they angle the kick and get them. Because back, uh, me growing up, all I remember is the coffin, punter just coffin cu- uh, kick the ball as long, far as you can, get them better field position. That was kind of right. the thing. Now the, the game is kind of transformed to where now you've got kickers trying to, you know, kick it inside the five yard line. You right. have. So I think ultimately, if you can get a kicker that is just deadly accurate, where like, 99% of his kicks are within the five-yard line. Maybe, because then they're changing a little bit of the game. Right. Whereas now, I don't like you, like you're saying, punters just. Right, the Reggie Roby. Punters, just, those guys just kick the ball as hard and as high yards, as they can. Yards, yeah. Right. yeah, that's it. Yeah, Reggie wasn't a touch guy. Yeah. No, he just kicked the. He was right. uh, just kicking the Who shit was out the, the ball. kicker for the Raiders? Um, King. Whoa. King. Was it King? Oh, you. The, you're talking about recently? Yeah. Yeah, yeah King. Just kick the ball right. <laughs> 70 yards in the air. Just right. No idea where. Just right. Exactly. Kick. And it didn't last long. Yeah. No, no. no, no because that's not what they want anymore. Yeah. And then also, if you're kicking it that way, you're always putting them out to the 20, 25-yard line. I just think the it's way really the game point. is going now, down the line, I don't see any recent, any recently coming up, but you may end up sneaking punters in if they can get a kicker that can actually get you pinned down and change that part of the game to where... But it's got to be so memorable. Oh, no. It's, it's going to have to be some memorable system. spots as well. And, and it can't just be... Game, yeah. Big games, mm-hmm. big moments. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's just a weird conversation, to be quite honest. By the way, what is the deal with Hayward Highsmith and the Miami Heat? Like, you know, the, you know, the media could not ask any questions yesterday about that. Huh? Yeah, I know. I saw the Slater report. He, the guy got his leg amputated, injured his – and, and Highsmith wasn't high or, or drunk. It was right after a game, yeah. He must have been eating shit with radio, phone, or something. He made a human error, but it was a – oh, God, that's not the human error any of us want. Oh, my God. And he's a good kid, dude. Like, you, like Haywood Highsmith does not look like a bad young man. That story is scary, dude. Shame. And that guy was helping somebody else. And then he gets clipped by, by uh, yeah. Haywood's car, and the rest of his life is... Yeah, that's not something you come back from either. As, as, I mean, any human that, you know, oh, if you have a, you know... <laughs> God. Just that instant happening like that, that's not something you just... 
And I was still trying to understand one thing though too is it was it was in the the middle of the road was where it was happening, not on the side. Yeah, right? uh, apparently I, I don't again, know exactly. Again, again, they're, again. they're not really painting the exact picture yeah, for us. It was hard, but like, it was painted like it was in the middle of the road. Well, yeah, that's so that the car was broken yeah. down, and apparently. Hey, he's coming was up on it and didn't see he, whatever something he wasn't paying attention yeah. and he clipped the guy obviously yeah. and you know the rest is history but jesus dude are you kidding me god that poor man has to now you know kind of deal with that that's crazy don't forget folks to smash the hell out of the like button and remember watch time is very very important very important Always appreciate it. Thank you all out there. Um, anyway. What else do we have going on in the world of sports? Uh, let me, uh, you know what, let me get into uh, a little B-Days and, uh, and music history here. Overall. I'll get into a couple of other sports topics. All right, let's start off with uh, birthdays today, right? On the 8th of February. Who is celebrating birthdays today? Um, Paul White, wrestler, 52. Oh, that's the big show. That's his name, Paul White. Yeah, he's got a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does look like the big show, yes. Yes, it does look like the big show. Yes. Okay, Clay Thompson is 34. What's that? Yeah, he's good. Well, he used to be good. Uh, Anderson Pack, the R&B singer, is 38. Alessia Russo, soccer player, is 25. James Dean was born in this date in 31, lost him in 55. Um, early age, too, man. Jesus. Uh, what else? Vince Neal, 63. Gary Coleman was born in the state in 68. We lost him in 2010. How's that? Yeah, that's right. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, Seth Green, actor, is 50. John Williams, composer, 92. Danny Harmer, actress, 35. Julio Jones, 35. Uh, let's see. Kimbo Slice was born on this date in 74. We lost him in 2016. I don't know who this is, but it says Ice Cream Sandwich. It's a YouTube star. He's 32. It doesn't even have his picture. Uh, oh, you have a whole bunch of wrestlers. Cecily Strong, actress, is 40. Um, Nick Nolte. 83. That's it. You have more wrestlers today? You, so you have like a wrestling thing? I have classy Freddie Blassie, who's a great manager back in the day. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. A lot of they've passed away, so maybe they did not. No, no, no. I, you, them I, okay, I, tell well. you, I tell you some Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who's part of the Hart Foundation with Bret Hart. His daughter's Natalia Neidhart. Okay. And then you have Sensational Sherry, who was Queen Sherry, which was who brought back... Elizabeth and reunited him with the Macho Man when Queen Sherry turned on him at a WrestleMania. Okay. There's are the wrestling birthdays. All right. There you go. You got the rest of your wrestling birthdays, which is a beautiful thing. Oh. All right, let's get you a little music history on this date. In 1969, Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Steve Winwood announced the formation of a new group with the addition of Family Rich Greech on bass. The quartet became Blind Faith. Supergroup. In 70, that might be the first supergroup or the Yardbirds. I got I think the Yardbirds were the first supergroup, right? Maybe. Somebody correct me out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not the Yardbirds. But that Blind Faith, Yardbirds, those are like some of the first supergroups. Uh, in 73, Max Yausger died of a heart attack at 53. The dairy farmer owned Bethel, New York site where the original Woodstock, Woodstock Music Festival was held in 69. In 1980, David Bowie finalized his divorce from Angie Bowie. The singer won custody of their son Zoe, 
but had to pay his ex 51000 in settlement. In 94, Oasis was forced to cancel their first foreign tour after they were deported from Holland. The guys were involved in a drunken brawl on a cross-channel ferry. Some band members were arrested and had to be locked in the brig on the ferry. And in 2006, U2 were the big winners at the Grammys, taking home five trophies, including the one for Album of the Year, Rock Album of the Year, for How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. They also won Best Rock Single for City of Blinding Lights. What a great song. And for the Best Rock Performance by a Duo Group or Song of the Year with Sometimes You Can Make It on Your Own. Just a great album, How to Dismantle a Bomb. Absolutely. Cream was the first super group? Okay. No, that, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense with Clapton and Ginger Baker. Yes. Okay. All right. So Clapton, uh, so Yardbirds, um, you said what? Cream and then uh, Blind Faith. Yeah, those were probably some of the first super groups from, from back in those days. All righty, let's, uh, let's talk a little Super Bowl. And uh, by the way, the line for the Super Bowl has not changed the last couple of days. The Niners are still favored by two. The over and unders 47 and a half. The money line, the Niners are minus 122, and the Chiefs are plus 102. Um, that's about it. And uh, Steve Calibro is ready to go. We're going to talk a little props, too, because he's got some props. The wise guy has got uh, his pick in for the Super Bowl. He's going with Niners, right? Wait a minute. Hold on. Pump, 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 pump. pump it up, homeboy. Yes. Big O, I just talked to the Jersey guy. He's all about the Niners. And I got to tell you, I have had a, a change of heart. You're going with me and the Chiefs? Well, it's going to sound like that, but let me explain it. I'm going to be rooting. Thank God for sports betting. Make sure all your listeners know that sports betting is alive and well here at Hialeah Park. Yes, it is. And it makes the game exciting. But I ha I'm in conflict. I'm in complete conflict. Why? I love the Brock Purdy story. The kid that looks like he's 17 years old, doesn't look like an athlete. The NFL hates him probably because he's not exciting. He's not a convict. You know, he's, he's not like the, all that stuff, right? He's boring. Yeah, he's boring. All he does is win, you know, does what he's supposed to do. doesn't make too many mistakes and wins. So I like that, right? And, you know, the whole thing, his father's at a, at a flea market selling uh, spas and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, your son's uh, in the game. He's playing, you know. <laughs> he doesn't even know. that. I, I love all that, right? So I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. Not necessarily the 49ers, but I'm rooting for Brock Purdy to win and sort of shut up all the NFL guys that say, you know, only uh, big, strong athletes that do unbelievable plays can be the guys that we like. That's what I like. So I like, I'm rooting for the Niners and Brock, or I should say Brock and the Niners, Brock first. But I think I'm going, and I've already made a wager. I'm going to wager on Kansas City to win. And here's why. I talked to my stepson, who's a phenomenal sports knowledgeable person. This guy, you know, he played poker for a living for 10 years and lived on the, lived on the water all of that time. So he lived, pretty, did, lived a pretty nice life. Now, he, now I may add that he's an emergency room nurse and he's spectacular at that, but he still understands sports. And he said, Steve, they got the better quarterback. They got an amazing defense. Oh, by the way, defenses win championships. And they're, they got a hot hand the last eight weeks. So they're the hot team with a good quarterback and a great defense. How could you bet against them? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? oh, oh, by the way, to throw in a little extra added thing, you're getting two points. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so when he said that to me, I was like, whoa. Chris is his name. He's a phenomenal, knowledgeable sports guy. I said, oh, wow, you just changed my opinion. I'm still rooting for Brock. So you're rooting to lose money? No, no, no. If Brock wins, you lose I'll, money. I'll, I lose money, but I'll feel good. But I don't think Brock's going to win. Brock's not going to win. He's not going to win. So I'm rooting can't. for him. Oh. I'm, I know. I told you it was conflict. I told you it was conflict. How do you feel losing money? Uh, no, because the... The kid's not going to win. 
He's not going to win. I think what's going to happen. So, so, so. No, I'm. So, <laughs> so when you when you do it's the conflict. so when you do the numbers at the end of the night here, you want them in the negative? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I want to win money. I want to win money. But my heart's really with Brock, and he's not going to win. I'm going to feel sad at the end of the game because. I no, have, you're not. I'm gonna have one money, and it will be a it will You'll be a function. It will be a functional thing that I got some more money in my wallet. But Brock will do something like throw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, and I'll be like, ah, oh, a poor kid, right? <laughs> you know, that, that's what I, that's it's it's a it is a Super Bowl in conflict for Steve Calibre. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, no conflict for me. Now I was Kansas City last week or two weeks ago, and now I'm Kansas City so, again this week. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the best player in the world. He's Period. pretty damn good quarterback, to say He's the least. the best player in the world, and I'm just going to do it. No. And then I'm going to go with the best defensive player on, on the other side of the field, too, and Chris Jones, because that guy is an absolute game wrecker. Now, wait a second. Now, there's another thing, too. Now, I do not disagree. I, I'm not disagreeing with you that he might be the best player in the world. He's clearly the best quarterback in the league, right? I'm not even close. Knows how to win. Got experience, you're by the way. T- you're building a team. <laughs> right. You got to pick one guy. You have the first overall pick. Who you, you take him. You take him, right? That's it. The, the only thing. Now, remember, this is, it's not so, it's not always cut and dry, especially in Steve Calibro's world, yeah, the world you know? of conflict, right? He, one thing about Patrick Mahomes, and I know it's going to sound a little negative. Brittany Mahomes? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Jackson Mahomes? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that's all. Those are two other negatives. But... Pat Mahomes Sr. <laughs> yes, recently. <laughs> listen, he, he had I'm one drink. To, I'm trying to find he, something here. He, officer, I had one drink. No, but listen, so, but here's the thing. Too many. In the last, <laughs> yes, in the last four months, what I've noticed as a fan, I'm not big, I'm not, I don't like it even a little bit. He's a little bit of a crybaby. Well, a little bit of a crybaby. Well, You're too good to be that good of a, that guy that's crybaby. I, I, I think that this year took a toll on him a little bit because he was surrounded by a lot of incompetence. And uh, I think uh, some guy named Kadarius Tony. Yeah, who's a Kadarius a crappy Tony? Drove his ass <laughs> to the brink this year on some of the crap he did. You mean the ex, soon-to-be ex-chief? Uh, you mean the soon-to-be ex-chief? Yeah, every, yeah. He's the ex-giant, but it's soon-to-be ex-chief. What a, what a, what a waste. He's a, he, what he's a waste. A, he's a piece of garbage. But, he, but, and he has all the skill set to be a great player. Yes, he just he doesn't have I loved med- him coming out of Florida. I thought talent-wise, this guy had it all, dude, but there's nothing here, bro. But, but back to Mahomes, you know, and he, I, he had a lot of incompetence. Yeah, but listen, he was yelling at he was, bitching, he was bitching about the the uh, the yeah. refs when Tony stepped with lined up offsides. Why don't you just beat the crap out of Tony? Don't don't he, beat the re- ba- crap out of the refs. Because he's doing the because because he's because he's protecting his teammate in public. Behind the scenes, I'm sure he was yelling at him. He was mother effing him to I'm hell. Sure, dude. I'm sure, but. He came okay. off as a crybaby. I know. It, it, yeah. He yeah. came off a little as a crybaby. It, it, it didn't come. It was not a good look for him. No, it was it a was, terrible look for him. It was bad. You know. I, I don't know. I, uh, I I don't like the crybaby thing. Brady has <laughs> Deflate Gate. So you and, know and, it's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. He cried. He. I, it's, well, well, it's the one thing I didn't like about Brady. I loved Brady, but he he would always cry to the refs, like always crying to the refs. It's like it's like I remember like I. It, LeBron I wanna, cries like crazy. Listen, yeah, it's crying. It's crying. Nobody whines like LeBron. Oh, I, that's why it's one of the reasons I don't really, I don't really like LeBron. Although he's one of the greatest base, basketball players ever, he cries all the time. Yeah. He cries all. I don't want to. As a fan, I don't want to hear you cry to the ref. I got you. You know what I mean. You you like (laughs) you like you like Michael Jordan. There's no crying. I'm just gonna cut your heart out, and that's it. And it's over. And win. And win. And win. And and, you know. And if you lose, you just walk off the court, and that's it. You're done. That's I like that. No, I get it. That's a classy athlete. Right. No. And and Patrick maybe was going through a little bit of a learning process this year. You know, but. He cried three or four times this year. Yeah. Way too much. I think you, it was. You know? I think it was the Kadarius Tony effect. Uh, I and, agree and, with and you more. Early on, Rasheed Rice was young, and then the 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 Sky Kid has not gotten it. 
So now Rasheed Rice is actually the light yeah, on. He's there, yeah. And so now he's got him and Kelsey that he can count on, then obviously the running game. So things have settled down, and notice how he's kind of settled down because Kadarius Tony is inactive every week. Now. Listen, I'm going to give you a little note of trivia. It's totally unrelated. The running game. Um, it's the angry running back from Kansas City. Uh, what's his name? Pacheco. Uh, Pacheco, or Isaiah Pacheco. By the way, lives about 10 miles from the Jersey guy. Or grew oh, really? up. Grew up about 10 miles. He's a Jersey guy. Okay. Isaiah Pacheco is from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, South Jersey, you know, outside of Philly, where the Jersey guy kind of, kind of, kind of. Now, now you now you understand the attitude he plays with. <laughs> he plays with a Jersey attitude. Yeah. The guy plays like he's angry. He's like pissed off. Yeah. He hits you, and he gets. I, I talk about it all the time. He reminds me of Marion Barber. Yeah, he he. You remember Marion Barber with the Cowboys? Oh yeah, he ran it? angry. Yeah, like an angry guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he so ran angry. This guy Pacheco is he is. Pissed, but he's a great running back, and he was he was very good in high school. He's yeah. you know that whole little world there. So he's another Jersey guy. I there mean, I go. know that you're someday. I'm going to convert Big O to love New Jersey a little more than he loves it right now. <laughs> no, no comment. That's the, I think I've never really been able to have Big O go to a no comment. <laughs> that's that's me being nice. <laughs> A big O is just being polite, right? That's me being nice. <laughs> yeah, he was being nice. That's Anyhow, me being nice. one last thing. So I was talking with the Jersey guy, and I said, listen, I got to have something to root for, you know, because of this conflict I have with Brock and the, and the Chiefs likely to win. So I've got 13 wagers that are bizarro wagers that I'm going to make. Okay. So that's not really bizarro. First bet, bet is the first, you have, I just want to rat, rattle them off. You say yay or nay. Okay. Um, first person to score wins the game. Yes, I say. First person that First score. team to score wins the game. Oh, I would definitely say no on that. Oh, I got a yes on that. The Jersey guy said yes. We'll see what happens. Get a pen. There's no maybe. There's no maybe. It's, it's a, I it's am, a, I, a I, I'm kind of hoping that, that – um, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that the 49ers score first so I can get more points on the live. Ah, the live. actually, actually, I picked 40, first, uh, 49ers first to score. Picked 49ers. Yeah, I, I'm actually hoping that that happens so you got the 49ers because then, yeah. then I can get the Chiefs for more points and then I can, and then I can uh, win more money. Chiefs total number of touchdowns plus uh, two and a half. Two and a half, so it's three touchdowns. I got the over. Yeah, I can okay. see that. Uh, 49ers. Total touchdowns plus it's two and a half. Because you can pass on them. Two and a half, and I got over on that one. On what is it again? The Niners getting two and a half touchdowns, three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So That's, do I. Yeah. I actually think that too. until Brock throws his two interceptions. <laughs> well, that adds to the high-scoring. And high then I'll scoring. be sad. Then I'll be that sad. That adds to the high-scoring. Actually, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's touchdowns. That's, it doesn't matter the offense defense. Um, Chiefs one, plus oh, Chiefs on the over to get one and a half field goals. I say yes, over. Oh, for sure. Niners, yes. one and a half field goals under. Well, I would go over on that too. That guy misses field goals for, for a living. That guy for the oh, Niners. Oh, that's true. That's for the, right. For the Niners. Actually, he's not good. Yeah. 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 Moody that's or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, call. yeah. He yeah. misses him for a living. Yeah. <laughs> that's, his, that's his claim to fame. I miss yeah. the good ones. <laughs> I miss yeah. the easy ones and the good ones. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the a good call. Uh, 49ers over. What about that? Um, last team to score. Chiefs. I got Chiefs. I got Chiefs, too. Yeah. Um, Total touchdowns scored by both teams. I went with the over, 5.5. It's 5.5 is the over. That's it's going to be six. Right. Yeah. It's got to yeah. It's going to be pretty close. Yeah. That means the Niners got to get three and Kansas City got to get three. Right. Um, total sacks, five is the over-under. I went with the under. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mahomes gets sacked often. But Purdy can get sacked a couple times because he is not as if, mobile. If he gets sacked three times – and Mahomes gets sacked one, yeah. you still win the under. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the under there. I'm on the under on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a tough one. They're not easy. It's they're hard. not easy, you know? Because they're going to get rid of the ball quickly. It's over five and a half? Yeah. Five. Five. Uh, the, under, the under is five on sacks. Five and a half on touchdowns. Um, 
Kansas, they're, gonna, they're gonna get rid of the ball quickly, so I kind of like the under on that one. This one, I gotta talk to the Jersey guy. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm not feeling the love on this one. KC scores a defensive touchdown. Yes. I put no. I put no here. You got You can get the interception, but you got to get it in the end zone. They have a great secondary, man. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're gonna go pick six. No, I, I would go against that because there's a there's I, a good chance that never happens in a game. Yeah, yeah. You know the high there's a high percentage. Even if there's two interceptions, it doesn't mean they're pick sixes. Yeah, yeah. you you just go through an entire season. You're not going to have a lot of pick yeah. sixes. So I'd my average. I'd rather bet against that than for. I'm it. on the I'm on the no on that. Yeah, um, I like that. What about uh? What is this here? I, I can't even. Uh, I can't. You can't, I can't understand your I can't understand scratch? my chicken scratch. I got two other crazy bets, but I got 13 bets. Okay. Which, those are bets that I don't have to worry about my conflict. You, you know what I mean? As much. As much. So, it's, this is what the Super Bowl is all about this weekend. It's about winning money. It, well, that's one piece of it. It's about it's, going to the Hialeah website. And, and don't use your email or cell number that you use with the Hard Rock account and open up a new account at HialeahPark.com, okay? Or use that QR code you're seeing right there, all right? And open up your account, use a different email or phone number, and you will get a free $100 no-regret first bet. So what are you waiting for? That's the important part. And the last thing... Let's not forget about slots, you know, the loosest, best, the, the loosest slots in the uh, state of Florida. <laughs> well, the um, loosest slots were given away. I think I might have mentioned this last week. I'm just re maybe reiterating it. Mustang Maki. Oh, yeah. Mustang, March 30th. Just got it. Talked to Victor Benitez over. The, he's, our, he's our man over at uh, Gus Machado and uh, Machado's Ford. And uh, it's a nice one. It's a it's a it's a beauty. You should, we should uh, have you drive it yes, one of these days. Definitely, I, I got to try to win it. Me and the wife are going to come over here. Entries March first. March first. March first. You start coming over to. Well, I mean, you should well, come, over come, early. Anyway. come early. Come early. But, but March first starts. Uh, you start playing, and the more slots you play, the more entries you get. So that's kind of the way it goes. Oh, by the way, you play the last thing. I. This is the second last thing. There might be a third. No, no. This is the last thing. This Saturday. We have our uh, big high hand promo. What a great preview to Super Bowl, right? It's the big 5,000 per hour. So come on, come on down Saturday, right here. The room's going to be packed. Okay. The room's going because it's Saturday. We normally the promos on like uh, you know a holiday Monday or a Friday, but we're going Saturday before the Super Bowl. It's a perfect little uh, you know pre-Super Bowl okay. day of gambling. Big big high hand, 5,000 an hour, 12 to eight. Come on down. There you go. See, so we got a little poker action, a little maki when the slot people in March, and, and they got food, they got restaurants here, uh, so you got all the gaming action, and and it's really a beautiful place. Plus, by the way, for those of you that smoke, we have the smoking hot slots too outside, and it's got a lot of ventilation, a lot of uh, fans and everything, so you're nice and comfortable. So bring your cigar, your cigarette, your vape pipe, whatever it is that you do. Your weed? No, I didn't say that. Vape. I didn't say that. He said vape. He said vape. We don't know well, what's in it. No, no, it's That's, medical for medical purposes only in the state of Florida. It's only for medical. I, I was just assuming everybody does it for medical reasons. It's usually for yeah. medical reasons. <laughs> usually I mean, in Florida. That's what. The, that's that, Your Honor. It's for medical reasons. That's <laughs> it. Everything else. That's At it. any rate, that's so, all. That's all she wrote. So you can enjoy even the smoking hot slots out here, okay? And the loosest slots, and that is all documented right there. State of Florida, loosest slots in the state are right here at Hialeah Park. So, Big O, have you told your fans that you're uh, on oh, the injured, are... injured reserve for six weeks? Dude, these, <laughs> these people know everything of my life. I tell them everything that goes on in my life. I'm brutally honest about just my life. Period. It's all good. but no, Well, that's, that's a little banged up there. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, you'll be, uh, you'll be back in the lineup in about six weeks. Full, full strength. Well, actually, you're in the lineup. You're playing injured. You're playing injured would be the way that we would describe yes. it. You're playing injured. Right now I'm playing. So we got we to be careful. What, we, don't, we can't put any trick plays or, or, no. or, or no. any shortcuts or sharp cuts or moves or anything. No. No can't more. do any of that. I, I don't, uh, right now I don't have the flexibility to, to run that right now. Right now I'm on the IR. I, we, but, yeah, but you know, I think you're more playing injured. 
So you're not 100 percent because you're well, you got yeah. the mic in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got the mic in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can still kind of do our job, just not at uh, at peak levels. You know what I'm but saying? But you're but you playing injured is better than the average guy in your in your position when he's fully healthy. I appreciate. So that. that's that's the uh, Very that's nice the good thing. Very nice. Of you. Anyhow, come on down. Bet the bet the sports here. Bet the slots. Bet the poker. Damn right. It's Steve, all good. Thank you, my brother. We will catch up next week, my friend. Will do. And, folks, appreciate you all out there. We thank Steve. We thank, of course, the Brunetti family, as always, for making it nice and easy and for always supporting us for so many years. We thank David Ferronis, Sean Stanley, and everybody out here at Hialeah Park. We will see you tomorrow morning. All right? We'll be in studio, 10 a.m. You all be good out there. Have a great day.